Welcome to Current. So glad you guys are here. I'm David, pastor here. Uh, I'm really excited because today we're starting our new summer series, getting into the book of Proverbs, a series we're calling Wisdom for Life. So if you want to open up in your Bibles, you can turn to Proverbs 1. We'll get there in a minute. Uh, We all need wisdom. We all need wisdom. There's this really uh, casual, informal ministry that goes on here at Current from time to time called the Daddy Storm. Uh, everyone's heard of the baby showers, you know, when, when mothers and gals come alongside a mother-to-be uh, just to love on her, give her gifts, and all that sort of thing. Uh, our uh, transportation and furniture team lead, Greg, uh, coined this term, Daddy Storm. And so we get together, and we just rag on this poor dude, and we uh, just give him all sorts of advice, which I'll be real, uh, much of which advice is on the more questionable side of things. Uh, but there is some really good advice. Uh, for instance... Uh, There's been uh, uh, some dads that will say, I remember one dad saying to uh, one uh, father-to-be, during labor and delivery, be your wife's advocate. Uh, Before I went through the process, I had no idea how many small decisions, big decisions, last-minute decisions have to be made there in the delivery room. And mama is going to have some opinions about that, but she's kind of preoccupied with birthing a baby. So young dad-to-be, be an advocate. Step in. Uh, shield her. Hear from her. Listen to her. T- attend to her cares and, uh, and uh, run interference. Be an advocate. That, that is wisdom. Uh, here's another one that's really fun uh, that's been shared before. Change the first diaper. That's wise right there. It's no secret that when baby comes, there's going to be no shortage of diapers to uh, change and that mama is going to probably be uh, changing more than her fair share of those diapers. So, young dad-to-be, uh, change that first diaper. Uh, show her that you're in it with her. Show her that you're going to take initiative in this. I see some of the guys writing this down. You are wise <laughs> for doing that. Roll up your sleeves and change that first diaper. Actually, that's, that's a bonus wisdom there. I mean, if you're changing a diaper, roll up your sleeves. <laughs> Trust me on that one. Is it going to be stinky, that first diaper? Are you going to know what you're doing? No, you're not going to know what you're doing. Yes, it's going to be stinky, but change that first diaper. That's, that's wise. Uh, here's, here's one of a favorite of mine, a good buddy of mine, elder here at the church. Uh, Chris Au shared this uh, piece of wisdom. It's brilliant. Uh, one of the job descriptions that a lot of guys don't realize they're signing up for when, they're, when, they're, when they become a dad is to help baby get back to sleep in the middle of the night right? Mama needs to get rest and, and be cared for in all that ways so that, that she can do all the things that she's going to be doing. And so a job description of a, of a young dad is to figure out how to get baby to sleep. And if your baby is having trouble uh, getting to sleep and you're up for hours and hours at a time in the middle of the night, hashtag my life, especially my firstborn, uh, here's what Chris said. Put in headphones and watch Netflix. I was like, that is brilliant. I was also thinking at the same time he told me, he was like, where were you four years ago when I had my firstborn who was not falling asleep? Because so many of my nights, literally this guy did not sleep for the, through the night for the first nine months. So many of my nights were like holding him in pitch black, looking at the alarm clock, watching the time to go. If I had had Netflix, I'd be a film buff by now. That is, that is wisdom. We all need wisdom. We will all benefit from wisdom. That's why I'm really excited to start this series as we look through the book of Proverbs together, a book that is all about wisdom, wisdom for life. It's wisdom passed down from Solomon, who is widely considered to be one of the wisest people to ever live. 
no doubt uh, from his dad, um, uh, mostly, but uh, so he received this at, from a father to him as, as a son, that he's now in turn, or he, he then in turn wrote these, uh, th- these wise sayings for his children uh, as a father. And so, as you could imagine, this book just covers a massive range of topics, parenting, uh, marriage, uh, how to speak well, how to listen well, uh, developing a good work ethic, uh, becoming a more loving person, just so many different topics. Uh, the book is broken up into two sections. Chapters 1 through 9 are, are mainly speeches or discourses about wis- why wisdom matters and how to get it. And then chapters uh, 10 through 31 are just a collection of these short sayings all about how we can use this wisdom in everyday life. Now, here's what I want to hang our thoughts on today as we launch the series and really as we go forward. And that's this thought that wise people aren't born, they're made. Wise people aren't born, they're made. It's not as if somebody just shows up on the scene, you know, out of the womb and is just dispensing truth bombs. You know, little wise nuggets like something like, you know, uh, don't just dismiss that restaurant, especially that hole in the wall for its three stars review on Yelp. That's wisdom. If you don't know that, all these hole-in-the-wall restaurants, they have amazing food or just knocked down in their rating score because of customer service, but you don't go to those for customer service, okay? People don't just show up with just wisdom like that. They, you have to be, it has to be experienced. You have to grow in it. You have to be, uh, you have to uh, learn and become wise. Uh, people aren't born wise, they're made wise. Uh, That's the question we're really going to be unpacking in this series. And today, as we kick it off, looking at these first seven verses of the book, um, as as Solomon gives it to us, he shows us why we need wisdom, okay? In other words, he would make the point today in this text, uh, it's wise to understand why we need wisdom. So we're going to be looking at four reasons why we need uh, wisdom from these uh, seven verses. Number one, we need wisdom because life is complicated. Uh, Solomon starts his book of wisdom, this book of Proverbs, saying this, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight. Now, what's important to notice here right off the bat is that this is a book that was not written by a group of monks, you know, sequestered off from society. It was not written by a group of people who were just completely detached, uh, had no idea about the inner workings of everyday life. This is written by Solomon and a few others who were in the thick of life. And if you know any of Solomon's story, you know that he dealt with tons of life's dramas, just tons of its challenges, and it's out of that, those experiences, that this book was written. Solomon was a civil servant. We see here that he was a king. And if you read again about his life, you see that he had to to make any number of tough decisions throughout the course of of his life. And when he made these decisions, it's interesting to note that the law wasn't enough. That the, the, the code of morality that we find leading up to uh, Proverbs wasn't enough for him to make these decisions that he had to make. So what did God give him? What does God give us? Wisdom. Uh, wisdom is actually a, a Hebrew word that can also be translated skill. In fact, in the book of Exodus, it's often the same word used, and it's talking about the skill of master craftsmen. You know, these people who who built up the temple, who built up the tabernacle, these places of worship into these ornate, beautiful things. They, 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 with their great skill, same word, wisdom, with great skill, they, they, they crafted the metal and the wood, and they, and they went about making these wonderfully beautiful things. 
Uh, in the same way, uh, we need wisdom. We need skill to navigate the complexities of life. Uh, we need wisdom because life is complicated. Um, listen to how a pastor and author Tim Keller out of New York puts it. Wisdom is, is knowing the right thing to do in the 80% of life situations where moral rules do not provide clear answers. Uh, that's saying uh, wisdom is for the tricky situations. It's for those gray areas where we're, we're just asking, well, what do I do? Uh, think of it this way. I have never had anybody come to me as a pastor and say, Pastor, I need some wisdom. Uh, would you help me, would you help me with, with some wisdom? My boss is driving me nuts. He's treating everybody so unfairly in the workplace. He's treating me so unfairly. So I need some wisdom. I'm trying to decide whether or not I should kill him. It's like, people, you don't do that. You don't need wisdom for that. You need the law. In fact, that's one of the Ten Commandments, right? Thou shalt not kill. If you're wondering that, don't do it. Don't kill. Don't, don't think about that, right? You don't, need, you don't need morality for that. You need wisdom. So think of it this way. Let's say you're coming up on the end of your lease, and, you're, and, and your, your roommates, your housemates are getting ready to move out. And so you're like, okay, I'm staying in the area. How do I go about figuring out who I should room with, who I should, whom I should live with? Uh, there's no Bible verse for that. But there's a ton of wisdom that speaks about relationships, that speaks into uh, holding and keeping the right company. Uh, for instance, one of the best uh, known Proverbs in, in the book of Proverbs is Proverbs 27, 17, that says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Uh, what's that saying? That's saying we need people in our life that will cause us to grow. We need people that will sharpen us. We need people that will enable us to, to do what God has called us to do. People who will not tear us down, but people who will build us up. And so, to the best we can, we should surround ourselves by people like, with people like this, and we should also be that sort of person for others. Now, does that give us a clear-cut answer to whom we should room with next season? No, but it does give a lot of incredibly practical uh, practical wisdom. Uh, you might have the opportunity to room with people, to house with people who will build you up. Try to do that if you can. You might not have the opportunity to do that, in which case wisdom would tell you to be really intentional about getting that into your life in other ways, in other areas. Or take, for instance, this idea, uh, you know, the, the topic of finances. Uh, one of the things we'll see as we go through the book of, of Proverbs is that the wisdom of God can often run countercultural to our own society. Uh, so, for instance, when it comes to finances, I think a lot of the wisdom of our culture is, sadly, based on greed. Go and get yours. You know, go get it while you can. But the Bible, uh, Proverbs, would flip that. Proverbs eleven twenty four says, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. That's countercultural. That's the Bible saying, live generously and test it, and you will find, you will discover that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Uh, we need wisdom because life is complicated. Here in verse 2, it says, this is for understanding words of insight. How many of you would like words of insight into that work situation that you're grappling with right now? How many of you would like insight into your relationships, into your marriage, into your parenting, I would. Uh, we need wisdom because life is complicated. We need wisdom, number two, because it's more than just about being smart. Uh, look at verse three. Uh, these Proverbs, Solomon says, are for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just 
and fair. Uh, wisdom is, is more than just being smart. It's more than just intelligence. Wisdom is about your character. Wisdom is about who you are becoming through the habits and choices that you make. And so it's very possible to be incredibly smart, but not all that wise. Uh, there was a TED Talk given by American professor and psychologist Barry Schwartz, who said this, The good news is that you don't need to be brilliant to be wise. The bad news is that without wisdom, brilliance isn't enough. It's as likely to get you and others into trouble as anything else. Uh, do you know anybody in your life who's really, really smart, but not all that wise? Does things that are like, boy, that just wasn't too smart, actually. Uh, and maybe even worse, was, was hurtful. Uh, that's why I believe our culture is really into EQ right now. You've heard of IQ, right, which tests more or less academic smarts, paper smarts. EQ, so intelligent quotient, EQ is uh, emotional quotient. It's all about people smarts or even street smarts. It's about walking into a room and understanding, feeling the tenor of the room so that you know how to say what you want to say. For instance, you can know the right thing to say, but say it at the wrong time. But wisdom is about helping us understand at the character level how to be wise and how to make sense of what that knowledge might be. We, we are bombarded with facts in our culture. We are bombarded with information. Obtaining knowledge in 21st century Silicon Valley is not a problem. The problem is, what do we do with that knowledge? Uh, how do we process it? And that's where wisdom comes in. Uh, we need wisdom wisdom for processing and living with all that information. We need to learn prudent behavior, as Solomon says. We need to learn what is right, what is just, and what is fair. This is so important because I think we can often believe that if we just get some more knowledge, everything will be solved. But that's just not the case. Just ask any parent. How many parents have gone up to their kids and said, why did you hit your sibling? And the sibling says, because I wanted to. Right? What do you say to that? Son, you know it wasn't right to hit her, right? right? Like You know it's not right, right? Yeah. So why did you do it? Because I wanted to. It's like, what? Wisdom helps us understand that it's not just about knowing. It's, wisdom doesn't, uh, Proverbs helps us by not just taking aim at our minds, but taking aim at our hearts. Helping us see that it's not just about facts, but it's also about desire and about our wills. Um, look at Proverbs uh, six fourteen, which will be up on the board for you. He who plots evil with deceit in his heart will always stir up conflict. You could meditate on that for a good length of time. That's saying it's not just about facts. It's not just about actions even. It's about what's going on in our spirit, what's driving us. Uh, many in our culture will say you should just follow your heart. Uh, in, in some respects, that's, that's, that's good, but, it, but if you think about it, if we were just to follow any and every desire as if it's automatically good, the Bible would caution us against that. The Bible and God through it would say our hearts need training. Our hearts need to receive instruction. That's why in Proverbs 10, 8, it says, the wise in heart accept commands, but a chattering fool comes to ruin. Uh, that word fool actually also shows up in our text today. If you, if you want to skip ahead or look down, if you have your Bible out, at verse 7, we see uh, fools despise wisdom and instruction. Uh, 
most of the time when the word fool shows up in the book of Proverbs, it's not talking about someone who can't learn. It's talking about somebody who won't learn. Uh, a fool is not somebody who's just not smart or not smart compared to the other person. A fool is somebody who has a lack of willingness to grow, a lack of willingness to learn. A fool isn't a person who is wanting to learn about prudent behavior and what is right and what is just and what is fair. Uh, we need wisdom uh, because it is more than just being smart. Well, well who is this for? this wisdom that we're talking about as we launch into the series, uh, what we'll see in what Solomon next leads into in these verses ahead is that it's for everybody. It's for anybody, provided they have a certain willingness about them. So number three, we need wisdom because wisdom is something we never stop growing in. I need to look at this point because I changed it in my notes. It shows up. We need wisdom because it never stops learning. Look at verses four and five. Uh, Solomon says, it's for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. Solomon is saying wisdom is for the young. That is, people who lack life's experiences. Of course, they need wisdom. But it's also, he says, I love this, wisdom is for the wise, in fact, they add to it, and, then, and they seek out the Proverbs and parables and, and the riddles, trying to understand it. It's a pursuit. Wisdom never stops learning. It starts young, and it just keeps going. No one ever graduates from a school of wisdom. And we need to constantly stop, uh, c- constantly continue to learn. I finished a book this week called The Ideal Team Player by Patrick Lencioni. It's not a Christian book, but it's a book I highly recommend. It's, it's a really uh, good book about the virtues, his word, virtues of being a good employee. In fact, at the very end of the book, he talks about, you know what, let's just come out and say, actually, these virtues are good for a good human beings. Um, but he talks about these virtues, one of which is humility. I'll, I'll, I'll change the word to say, one, one of these virtues is, is being teachable. He talks a lot about how we need to have a teachable spirit. If we are teachable, our companies will just thrive. If, if companies are filled with teachable people, there will be harmony there. It will, it will push the company forward. Why? Because these are people who are constantly asking questions. They're sponges for information and trying to glean and learn and grow. There are also people who can handle feedback pretty well. They'll just take it in. They'll say they won't get defensive or just immediately write it off. They'll say, no, I need this. And now you can start to see how people like this will help companies grow. And people who aren't teachable will really make companies suffer. Uh, Lincioni in his book says the problem is most of us aren't teachable. Most of us aren't teachable. We, we need to be more teachable. The problem is, he says, uh, so many of us, uh, we have people in our lives who will say, will call something out for, uh, in us, and then we'll have hundreds, of, hundreds of, of justifications for why we have it right. Or uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just figure that we have it figured out and they don't. But as a result, organizations, communities, families miss out or worse, suffer. Uh, we might think, that is to say, that, hey, I'm all about this wisdom. I'm leaning in. I want this. But the reality is, in practice, we don't necessarily prioritize it that way. And what Solomon is inviting us into, inviting us into is to prioritize, uh, to add to our wisdom, to learn and never stop learning. Uh, 
Uh, it seems to me there are two reasons why we don't continue to pursue wisdom as we ought to. I'm no philosopher, but here are the two reasons why it seems to me we don't pursue, we don't pursue wisdom as we ought. Pride or complacency. Pride says, I'm not going to pursue wisdom as I ought to because I've already got it figured out. Or pride says, I'm not going to pursue wisdom as I ought to because I don't want to be looked at as weak for asking. Um, Complacency says, I'm not going to seek it out because I'm too lazy or because I don't feel like it's an issue that requires much of my attention or effort. But Solomon is saying here as he starts this book and, and, and continually as he goes through the book is, of all the things worth pursuing in life, pursue wisdom. Uh, listen to how he breaks it down uh, in chapter 8, verses 10 and 11. He says, Choose instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare to her. That's like saying if someone shows up tomorrow and presents to you a choice between a, uh, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars and wisdom, like we're talking about it today, Solomon says, Take the wisdom. But each of us are like, oh, a couple hundred thousand dollars, I don't know. But think about it this way. What kind of person can handle just a couple hundred thousand dollars dropped in their lap all of a sudden? Answer, the person who has wisdom. It's worth noting that Solomon, as we, as we have said, is one of the wisest people to have ever lived on this earth. He was also one of the richest people to live on the earth. And he says, pursue wisdom. Why? Because... It will help you in every single area of your life, at every stage and at every age. It will help you become a better loving person. It will help you become more of a protector of people, especially the marginalized. It will help you become more productive in the workplace. It will help you from falling apart when crises hit, and so on and so forth. But here's the thing. Becoming wise starts with recognizing that we need it. It starts with understanding that we will never stop needing it. Which brings us to this last thought. Number four, we need wisdom because wisdom is ultimately about worship. Uh, Listen to verse seven. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So this might sound a little weird. Wisdom is about worship, but, but, but hear me out. Worship is about what you value the most, what you trust the most. Whatever is most important in your life will govern your life. And the truth is, everybody worships something. Everyone has something or someone in the center of their life. But what Solomon is saying here, and what the Bible says over and over, is there is only one who is worthy to be placed in the center of our lives. Uh, and, and so Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's telling us that God is the source and center of our life. And recognizing that He is there is the beginning of wisdom. You know, I've actually been asked a number of times, and I wonder if you are wondering this now, uh, what does it mean by fear here? Uh, When the Bible talks about fear, it's not talking about this panicky, like, you know, alarm-type fear, like, watch out or God's going to get you, right? You need to be wise or he's going to zap you. Uh, That's not what it's talking about when it it talks about fear. It's talking about uh, worship. It's, It's a worship word. It's talking about fearing God and recognizing that He is creator and control and in control of everything in this life and in the life to come. By contrast, Solomon's saying the fool is the one who replaces God with themselves. Um, if you do that or you put anything in God's place, what security is there? Uh, there is none. 
ultimately. Because we can be the most successful people in this life, and yet we can't take any of that success beyond the grave. Um, Oswald Chambers, an old Scottish preacher, put it this way, the remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas, if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. And so, what Solomon is showing us here, a thousand years before Christ even, is ultimately wisdom is not about a principle, it's about a person. It's about giving God the rightful place in our life and relating to Him as a child to a father. But here's the thing. We so rarely do that well. None of us does that well, if we're honest about it. When it comes to wisdom, we often play the part of a fool. If we're honest, we have all been foolish. But the good news of Jesus Christ is you do not have to earn wisdom. You just have to receive wisdom. Wisdom is not a demand of God from us. It is His help offered to us. But we began by saying Solomon was one of the wisest people who ever lived. Uh, but if you follow his life, and you don't have to read too much about his life, you will see that even he couldn't live it out all that well. But centuries later, there came another king. There came uh, 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 the perfect king, king, Jesus Christ, the Son of God and King of kings, who said this about himself. Listen to what he said in Matthew 12. The queen of the south came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. And now behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Uh, How could Jesus say that about himself? It's not that he just spoke wisdom perfectly, but that he also lived wisdom perfectly. And that he is the source of wisdom. And he invites us to trust in him to make us wise. That's why Colossians says this, in Jesus are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This is what's so wonderful that we can just let sink into our hearts this morning. Many travel from the ends of the earth to get the wisdom of Solomon, but Jesus traveled from heaven to earth to give us his wisdom. He came to chase you and me, Jesus, the wisdom of God. And you know how he did it? Uh, He took the punishment for our foolishness. On the cross, he died for the sins of the world in order to give us the reward of his wisdom. And so wisdom is not for successful people who have it all together, but wisdom is for broken people who do not have it all together. And that's me, and that's you. So if Christ is our wisdom, are you listening to him? Um, Are you uh, seeking out the wisdom of God from him? By his spirit, are you listening to him? For his spirit, he wants to speak to you. you. Do you listen for it? You listen for him. Through his word, are you reading it? Are you searching it out? Are you you trying to understand his wisdom? Are you saying, I want to learn from you, uh, whatever you'd have for me? Are you leaning on him or are you leaning on your own understanding, saying things like, I've got this, rather than, God, I need your help? And if you're here today and you're not Christian, the wisest thing you can do, the wisest decision you can make in this life is to put your hope and trust in Jesus as Savior to trust in Him for your salvation, to save you from your sin, to save you from eternal separation from God, and to know that you will be with Him forever with His everlasting life. You can receive Him as Savior today. I will give you an opportunity to do that as we take communion in a few moments. And then to the Christians here, I would say the wisest thing that you can do is to continue to trust in Him, 
to have an open heart and uh, receptivity towards Him. But it starts here. It starts with realizing your need for help, that you don't have it figured out. You have to realize that you need wisdom from Him and to seek it out from His Holy Spirit, from the Scriptures, and from those in your life who have walked a long time with Him. And so, today as we conclude, and we move to communion and to worship, as we remember the body of Christ broken for us and, the, and His blood spilt, uh, let's remember that He died for our foolishness. And as we sing praises to Him, let's proclaim Him to be the center of everything. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that in Jesus you sent wisdom, not just as a principle, but as a person, and not just to show us the way, but to be the way. We thank you that you sent your son to die for our foolishness. And we thank you that we can rest on him, lean on him to grow in his wisdom. Father, would you help us in that way? As individual followers of yours, as a community, would you help us grow in wisdom? Lord, would you use this series in Proverbs to help us in this way? And then, Father, if there's anybody here today who's maybe hearing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, his death on the cross uh, for their sins and resurrection to life, that they can have life in his name. Or if there's anybody here pondering that, Lord, would you speak to them even now in this moment, in these moments. I pray that even today they would decide to put their faith, hope, and trust in you. Father, as we take communion today, we we thank you for dying for our foolishness, and we proclaim that you are the center of our lives. Help us in all these things, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.